This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Chanel Bunger with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and today I'm delighted to speak with Darren Morani from Direct Supply, who joins the podcast to discuss his backgrounds, trends he's watching in healthcare, and a bit more. Darren, thank you so much for joining me. Can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background and organization? Sure. First, thanks so much for having me. I've really enjoyed not only the Becker's live meetings over the years, but the podcast as well, and it's, uh, it's an honor to be here with you today. So uh, I'm Darren Morani. I'm speaking to you from my home in Massachusetts, and here's a little bit about me. I have spent the last 23 years in healthcare with a number of large Fortune 500 med device and distribution companies. I started my career carrying a bag as a sales rep in New York City. I moved around into other management roles for a few years and then started leading national sales teams back in 2011 for COVIDian. And over the last 12 years since then, I've been fortunate to have continuously increased responsibilities with commercial downstream leadership roles. I was a VP of sales at uh, VP of sales and marketing with Medtronic prior to divesting the patient recovery business to Cardinal. And at Cardinal, I was a senior vice president of sales for six years across non-acute and then the acute market. And then after that, I started advising startups and large medical companies. I figured after 20 years of leading teams and being part of two major acquisitions, I had the opportunity to share my knowledge and experience with others. And now I'm running the acute division for Direct Supply, which was actually a client of mine as a consultant for a number of months. And I was just so enamored with their talent, their culture, and the opportunity ahead that I signed on just a few weeks ago. And so... Just a little bit about Direct Supply. For those of you that don't know, you know, for forty, for nearly forty years, Direct Supply has been at the forefront of bringing transformative change to healthcare, from creating healthcare's first virtual distribution network to creating a groundbreaking e-commerce platform, and uh, through development of immersive digital solutions, um, we've really made our spot at the forefront of today's. Uh, AI revolution and direct supply has triumphantly applied technology to the ever-changing challenges of healthcare. So their base of business is typically long-term care and senior living, and now we've branched out into acute care, which is which is what I'm running. And so my goal with this new role is to give hospitals more control, visibility, and cost savings to their indirect spend. And for someone that was in med surge for 23 years, there's just so much blood you can get from a stone and many institutions overlook their indirect product spend because it's fragmented. There are many suppliers and many folks in an institution that can actually purchase these products. And so we can offer supply chain more time back so that they can focus on their patients. Thank you so much for that introduction. Now moving forward in this new role, what are some of the trends that you're watching in healthcare today? Great question. So first, you know, we're moving to a sector where patients are becoming more empowered consumers than ever before. Patients want convenience, 
personalization and accessibility in the same way that they receive it from their online shopping experiences. We've already seen it with the procedural shift from acute to ASCs and outpatient clinics. Patients are taking health into their own hands that will drive increased opportunities for better and more advanced technology, improve access and increase competition, which should eventually drive down prices. There's a tremendous opportunity for organizations that adopt new technologies to meet the increasing demand for patients. You know, another good example of patient choice that's creating a huge market is telemedicine. This is clearly fueled by the pandemic. And even now, studies show that a majority of patients would opt in for a telehealth visit versus a live visit, especially if it was a primary care visit. You know, patients and providers are transforming healthcare by taking a proactive rather than a reactive approach, which I think is just great. You know, next, the labor shortage is real, right? The industry is facing a major reduction in the amount of clinicians and not by choice. The amount of primary doctors in the U.S. has been declining at a rapid rate for years. More nurses left the profession in the last few years than ever before. And we're in a situation where there's not enough clinicians to meet the needs of their patients. You know, retirement, burnout, and employee retention were major causes affecting healthcare staff shortages. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, one in five healthcare workers quit. And I believe that organizations can take steps to be more proactive in developing a workforce pipeline and attracting talent to a more agile and tech-aided workplace. And we must develop new approaches to delivering care, including models that require fewer on-site resources. And we need better automation of certain aspects of care that would enable nurses to spend more time with patients and less time on administrative or lower priority tasks. And these all lead into the AI revolution, and you really can't have a conversation about the future without talking about AI. And so, you know, the trend that I'm watching closely is the rise of generative AI broadly within healthcare. You know, until 2022, 23, most of the focus in AI has been around developing predictive AI. All right, but with that, you need tons of data scientists, tons of training data, tons of computing power to build a single model. And for most of us in healthcare, we weren't going to have access to the resources to make AI a reality at scale. Now, the game has changed completely in 2023 with Gen AI, which we're all using now if you're playing with ChatGPT. And Gen AI is very different from the older approach of predictive AI. It mimics much more like a human learning and creative processes. So as we're thinking of Gen AI in healthcare, we have to get of our own mindset where AI would be trained to do a job and provide automation. With Gen AI, the AI is more akin to your creative coworker that helps you assist you with creative work, which is totally foreign to what we think of today when we think of computers and the internet. Right? When I think of um, you know, some examples of applications, right? some obvious things, like automating routine tasks, like sending emails or creating presentations. But within medicine, think about doctors and nurses having an AI coworker by their side. It's been trained on millions of medical journals and texts, and there may be trends in those texts to help the doctor think about new 
or lesser known medical conditions to consider. Got it. And I've got a two-part question for you. Going along with those trends that you just mentioned, what are you most focused on and excited about in your role currently? And what initiative from the past six to 18 months are you most proud of? Well, I am three weeks into my new role. So the excitement is sky high and, you know, I'm treating this division with a startup mentality and it's really fun and thrilling. And again, the culture is fantastic and it's fun to work along a team who are solely focused on the future of healthcare. Um, I'm acutely focused on building out our commercial team and visiting with clients to help hospitals save time, money, and resources with their indirect spend, and providing AI platforms to enable hospitals to concentrate on their patients. You know, when I think about what am I, you know, most proud of, you know, when I left my last role, I took time off and I focused on me and my family. And really, it was the first time since I graduated college that I actually took an extended break, which meant no Zooms. No travel other than fun and lots of time for me to be present with my family. And it was well needed and I enjoyed it very much. And I highly recommend it to anybody if, if they can do it, if, if possible. So, um, you know, I, uh, when I think, uh, when I look back to my career, I, I'm most proud of, you know, the 23 years that I spent with large institutions and, of course, the relationships that I've made. But most importantly, it's the people that I influenced and helped develop. And I just really look forward to being a partner in the healthcare ecosystem. Absolutely. And with your 23 plus years of experience, did I get that right? 23, yeah. All righty. Well, I was wondering, could you share a little insight and a few pieces of advice for emerging leaders? So leadership is just a title to your new team until it's earned. So congrats, you got the job. Now your number one priority is to rally your team around you and each other, which at times isn't an easy task. And so you'll need to earn your credibility with them. And, you know, for leaders that move into a new role, they probably earned it somewhere else to get the job, and now they need to show up. So what you say and what you do and how you do it are critical. And so first, let's start with, and what do leaders do, right? They provide guidance, coaching, development, inspiration, and motivation to help achieve a goal. They create a vision and a purpose. They don't manage spreadsheets. And so here's, here's a, a, a few pieces of advice. So number one, invest in your people. They will be the reason you are or are not successful. And investment comes in many forms, time, money, resources, you know, time, time is a gift. You know, give them the time that they need. Some will need more than others. And how you allocate your time will show them how much you're committed. You know, money, when people are always shocked when I say this, and money is not everything. But pay people what they're worth to you and your organization and not a percentage more of maybe what they were making. I, I'd rather pay a great employee double if they would deliver the intangibles and high performance to my team. And, you know, we see that in sports all the time. And then finally, you know, resources, you know, make sure that you give your people the resources that they need. And if they need additional coaching or they want to further their education, do it. Make them better, period. That's what leaders do. 
Also, I, I just can't stress enough how important culture is to an organization. In my opinion, it's your number one recruiting tool. It's the question I get asked the most. It, what, it is what will and will not make you successful. You know, you'll see lower attrition rates when things aren't going so great if the culture is solid. And you'll probably keep some people when times are, when the times are good and the culture is bad, but really that's not sustainable. You know, think about how you and your team want to show up. Now, throughout my career, I've always strived for a culture that was highly motivated, optimistic, fun, performance-driven, accountable, and definitely a team approach. And you want your people to be proud of the team that they're on, and you want your team to want to succeed in the right way. So as a leader, you know, define your why. Why do you exist? And, and then finally, just listen, learn, and absorb. You know, leadership takes time. Practice empathy. Um, understand the reasons why things are being done before you make any changes. And if and when you do make changes, do it with a solid plan and confidence. And make sure that your team understands your vision. A good leader knows how to see the forest through the trees and give your team the confidence to believe in themselves and you. And Build time into your days, weeks, and months for strategy development. The toughest part of sticking to a strategy is actually saying no. So follow the course. Be open to ideas. Don't get distracted when things aren't working out at first because if things are so easy, then others would do it do it more often. And it's like, I can't say that enough. You know, If you're fortunate to be put into a leadership role, you were put there for a reason. Right? It's okay not to have all the answers. However, you'll be required to have a take and make decisions quickly. And if your decisions aren't right, and I can tell you, they're not always going to be right, then admit it, admit it quickly, and move on. Don't let pride or stubbornness get in the way of your team's success. And then finally, I'll leave you with this. You know, just think about your legacy. Right? My legacy is not that my team hit their number 20 out of 23 years. It's it's who I recruited, developed, promoted, and possibly made their work or life better. And a leader is like being a parent, right? It's no longer about you. It's all about them. And uh, I will tell you, in my, in my career, it's the most fun I've ever had is, is leading people. Absolutely. I love it. Well, Darren, thank you so much for sharing your insights with me today and for joining us on the Packers Healthcare Podcast. It was truly a pleasure. Thank you so much pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.